You got a fast car. I got them taken anywhere. I don't know the lyrics. <coughs> Whoa. <coughs> okay, it's choking on popcorn. <clears throat> Alright, this is a little loud. Give me give me a second. You're back children. I'm back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I didn't die in Cuba. Mm-mm. They couldn't take me. The Castro family wanted me. You know, they wanted to keep me. And and and, and I looked at uh I looked at Castro's older daughter, who was who was actually the biggest advocate. I'm not I'm not playing. I looked at her and and I said I I like I looked at her and I said this. Mi amor, mira. <laughs> I have nothing after that. <coughs> well, what I could have said was, mi amor, mira. I'm trying to remember what my... So I had a friend in Cuba. His name was Dashiel. And Dashiel was one smooth motherfucker. Let me tell you that much. <coughs> oh, my God. Jesus Christ. I'm eating popcorn. Oh, I'm choking. Dashiel was one smooth motherfucker. The first day I met him, actually, I met them the night that I got to Cuba. All right? We went out to a bar. And this guy was, like, really interested in the girls in our group. And um, you know what? Cuban people... The thing about Cuban people is that Cuban people are... Like Dashiell said, la gente cubana César es muy caliente. In other words, English translation, the Cuban people are very, they're hot. Hot as in like, they're uh, really horny. <laughs> really, really sensual, really open with their sexuality. So then, thus began a one month long friendship that was like no other. It was awesome having that guy around. But anyways, he would tell me these lines in Spanish. Because they weren't like pickup lines. It's not like, I guess they were. No, not really. Because he wasn't like picking up. It was just, it was part of his character, part of his persona. He wasn't trying. Like, maybe he was a little bit, right? Because he was just fucking around. Like, he got, he's so, they were so open with, um like, the flirting, right? The flirting. They, they were so, such a flirty uh, culture. That, you know, at some point, you just get creative and shit. And he was sharing these lines. And and I can't remember what he said, but there was one where he would, like, Esta noche no nos vamos a enamorar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Esta noche no vamos a hacer el amor. El amor. Él nos, nos hará. Uh, something like that. It was. It, it's like tonight we're not gonna make love. Like love's gonna make us. I don't know. Some shit that was so smooth along those lines. I know it doesn't make sense, but anyways, this motherfucker was so smooth. I'm on a tangent here. Um, what did I start with? Oh yeah, the Castro family wanted to keep me right, and the oldest daughter was like, looked at me in the eyes and said, "Cesar, don't go," because if you don't know, all my lovers call me Cesar. They don't call me Caesar. Cesar. So she was like, Cesar. And I was like, Dígame. <laughs> Dígame, señorita. Dígame. ¿Qué pasó, mi amor? And then she said, No te vayas. And I said, Mira, mi amor. El amor que tuvimos estuvo increíble. Pero tú y yo sabemos que todavía nos faltan muchos, muchos, muchos más amores. Que tener. That's what I said. <laughs> translation, English translation. I looked at her in the eyes and I said, look, my love, the love that we had was incredible, but 
you and you you and I know you and I both know that we're we're meant to have way way more way more lovers <laughs> something like that anyway so I came back from Cuba I'm alive right now I'm in LA all right Los Angeles California this is season two of the Caesar podcast dose of Caesar welcome welcome you fucks all of two fans that I have you might not even know this is going to drop. And when it drops, you might not even see it. But if you do, then welcome. Welcome, welcome. Um, let's see what we got. I'm in L.A. Mm-hmm. I'm in Beverly Hills, as I speak. West Hollywood. On the corner of La Cienega and Sunset Boulevard. At the penthouse. The Hills penthouse. Right? It's this workspace where I work out of. Beautiful view, beautiful view of the entire LA, of entire of like, I can see downtown LA, I can see out to like Santa Monica, or at least I think I mean I can see that far, but we're like on a hill and we've got just a beautiful view, um, and um, it's a Friday night, it is currently like five, six, not six, six p.m. I'm still at the office. Why? Because I can do whatever the fuck I want. Mm-hmm. So right now, I don't have a boss, or I kind of don't. Boss is like out of the country, been out of the country for like three weeks, and um, I've gotten like zero instruction. <laughs> but I've done the I've done good work. I believe I've done good work with the zero instruction that I've gotten. Um, so it's kind of like me, like having to push myself, but I love it. I fucking love it, and I realized no, like I realized there's no way. There's no way I'm ever going to, I can't do anything else with my life. As in like anything else that's like, like, a, I don't know. I don't want to say like a job. Like, yeah, I could do a job, right? Like I'd love to, I'd love to cook in a kitchen. So yeah, that, sound, that sounds weird, but I'm talking a real kitchen, like a, like a kitchen that's trying to get a Michelin star. I'd love to do that. That's the kind of job that I would like to have. I'd love to like teach jujitsu or salsa. Like I'd I'd have those jobs. But like with this opportunity that I have here in LA, I've realized how the thing that I value the most is my freedom and something that I already knew. But coming here is just like, whoa. Like this is awesome. Cause I'm doing what I always wanted to do with my time. And you know what started in college, at the end of college? I started doing this shit like it wasn't just right now like I knew I had a feeling because people would ask me like are you excited to graduate and I'm like yeah I'm whatever about it why because I had felt like my life had started and I think it's true at the end of college I started doing living my life the way I kind of wanted I wanted I wanted to live it I started dedicating myself to shit that I liked like yoga exercise um, I started I started creating morning routines And now that I have, like, that nobody, that I don't have school or anything, it's just up to me. Like, I can literally just stay home. I could stay home. I don't need to come to the office since my boss is in here. Like, I could stay home all day. Just chill. But no, like, I've got this routine going. It's weird. It's like nobody telling me what to do but me pushing myself to get up every day. I get up every day. I go. I I work out. Not because I have to, but because I fucking love it. 
Joe. I'm living life out here. And there's times, and I'm gonna like, it's not all, it's not all fucking rainbows. Sunshine and rainbows, kid. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. Oh my god, there are days when I'm like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? I don't know if that'll, that'll ever stop. I think that's a good sign, right? That if you don't know what the fuck you're doing with your life. Like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Hmm. But, um. So. Yeah. Where shall we begin? <sighs> I guess I'll begin. Oh, okay, well. I want to address on how, like, I view this podcast now. I think I've addressed this before. But I see this podcast as a time capsule now. Before it was for, like, me and people, kind of the people in my immediate vicinity, as in, like, whoever wanted, like, my brothers and shit, like, if they could get a kick out of it. But now, yeah, people can listen to it, but purely this is this is kind of like a time capsule of the journey. I realize that. So I guess I can begin with before actually well i mean we're gonna have so much time to talk about this because this is i'm gonna keep recording the podcast this is fun um and today we only have we have like 40 more minutes before i get kicked off kicked out of here because they closed this place but um yeah in the coming weeks i'll tell stories from like cuba but mostly caesar future Caesar I'm going to tell you about what's going on the journey alright I'm going to tell you the story of how you got where you are Caesar because this this story I believe it's going to be a great one okay and young Caesar because you although you are older than me technically you're younger than me because you just you know like the present you like this, you know what I mean? <laughs> like the present you, Caesar, is in the present. So I guess you're like, you're only as old as the present, which is not old at all, right? That's how I view it. And I, I, I happen to be alive a long time ago. So in other words, what I'm saying is that I'm your fucking elder. So sit down, kid. Let me tell you a story of how we got to LA. We graduate from college, right? It's probably the last podcast you heard. And, um, and oh my God, we embark on one of the greatest adventures ever because we go to Cuba. And this time we go on a Maymester. We've gone on two before the Cuba Maymester, but we go on a Maymester that is very different because it's not with the, the other two. We're with the same professor, Dr. Moore. Dr. Moore is very popular in school. And that means that a lot of people go to his Maymester, 60-plus students. That's a huge fucking group, all right? And what we didn't know was that the sweet spot with a Maymester, which is a study abroad for one month in a, in a university, of course, in a foreign country, is about, the sweet spot is about 20 people because it's big enough to where there are enough characters that there's like you never get bored of each other. At least I didn't. But it's small enough to where there can't be really, of course, there's going to be like people who gravitate towards each other, but everybody kind of does everything to, together. There's not like 
cliques, like in the bigger groups. So that made for an amazing experience because everybody knew each other's drama, which I loved. It was me and Daniel Moran. That's the other thing. You went with one of your best friends, Daniel Moran. Me and Daniel. We fucking... (laughs) We would call it... We would say it's like a Netflix show. It was like a Netflix show. (laughs) It was because of the drama that we were having. Like, it was such an interesting set of characters that we were surrounded by. And the the things that would happen, the the reasons why people would get so upset, the reason, just all the conflict and stuff, with such BS, but it was phenomenal. I loved it. Daniel loved it. I mean, at times it was a little annoying, but we loved it because it was so ridiculous that we were like, on this episode <laughs> of the Cuban Maymaster. I forgot what we called it, but it was... Oh my god, it was so funny. At one point, like, there was people who didn't like me. I liked everyone on that trip. I liked everyone on that trip, but I don't know. There's people that didn't like me. There was some crazy shit going on. At one point, um, I think I was in jeopardy of getting kicked out of the program um, and not graduating. I don't think that was really a serious thing that was going to happen, but it was... It was something that was mentioned. Um, my one of my fr- they they thought I had brought in a guy who was like taking advantage of the entire group. It was a crazy experience. Anyways, we go through all of Cuba, right? We have an amazing love story with a beautiful Cuban girl, half Cuban, half American. I count her as Cuban. <laughs> But she's technically 100% fucking American, right? But we have an incredible love story. Oh, shit, I got too close to the mic. Um, You romantic fuck, Caesar, you. You did it. <laughs> she's half Cuban, so it counts. <laughs> and we come back, and, and she's just like, whoa, that was intense. There was a lot that happened there. Loved it. Loved it every second of it. But we come back, and after a month, um, I mean, I had already emailed, like, my boss. No answer. And after a month, I, like, I think I I sent her another email. Did not reply. After, like, a month and a half. Yeah, about a month and a half. I started accepting, okay. Because she didn't answer me before I left to Cuba. So I was like, huh, that's weird, whatever. But like, I'll come back from Cuba and then I'll get it settled. I come back from Cuba, there's still no answer from her. I email her, like, when I come back, no answer. A month and a half later, no answer. And I begin to accept that I'm not going to LA. Or I'm like, okay, this might not happen. This definitely might not happen. And at first, I was like, well, fuck. I mean, the entire time, I was like, well, fuck. What am I going to do next? And I had made up in my mind that if it didn't happen, I was going to uh, move to Austin. And I was going to figure it out for a bit. As in, try to, I was going to go and try to start a business with a friend who I knew, uh, Alex. But, like, I knew, I didn't know what business business we would start. I didn't even know if he was down. But I began to have this idea that I don't want to, I don't want to have a contract when I live somewhere. So, anyways, that was, like, 
the beginning of like maybe I could start a business there. But randomly out of nowhere on a Friday, Thursday night, my boss texted me at 6 p.m., which weirdly I was already at the airport because I was picking up my mom. And she said, hey, can I fly you out tomorrow to come to L.A.? Straight up, just like that. I was like, uh, what? 6 p.m. day before. I'm like, uh, yeah. And she's like, great, give me your ID. I sent her my ID. And she was like, um, can I fly you out? For how long can I fly you out? I'll fly you out for a week. And I was like, shit, sure. And so I um, packed up my shit. I came to L.A. for a week to check it out. Stayed with one of my boss's friends. Looked at the office. It was great. She gave me a tour of like the city. I was all for it. I'm like, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Apparently, it was like, I thought it was a week to like test me out to see if like I would do good. But no, it was like a week to see if I would like it. And I guess she doesn't know me well, but fuck it. I don't care where I live. Like, I can live anywhere. I, I mean, I've kid, you know, this holder Caesar, you've lived all over all over the world. I mean, not all over. You've lived in a few places around the world. But what we discovered in Thailand, remember this, is that we can live anywhere with not much. And we were ready to go as soon as this happened. Like, I was ready to go. So I tell her at the end of the week, no, I'm ready to go. Like, I can live anywhere. She's like, all right, that's a great mentality to have. Two weeks later, I come out here, I drive out here. Boom. I'm here in L.A. But actually, the week uh, that, that week that I came to visit, I found a place to live. There's this thing called um, co-living, all right? Now, co-living, what co-living is, is imagine it, it's a house, okay? A house where a bunch of people live, and all you get is a bunk bed. Now, there are there's different levels of co-living. One level is like the the like the cheapest of the cheap like it's not even it wasn't even well designed like like there was this one place that I went to go see that this guy was trying to make an already really small room he was trying to sell me a 7 foot room it was weird like enough to fit a bed in it and he was like yeah this is what you'll get but this place was so horribly designed like there was no room to be putting the people he was putting in there and that's kind of like a one version of a co-living space. Like he was, he took me to like a kitchen, a really small kitchen. He was like, "Oh yeah, like this area right here. Like I'll just put like a styrofoam wall, and uh, yeah, it's seven foot enough to fit a mattress. I'll put your mattress down, and this will be the four fifty a month." I was like, "All right, you're fucking insane." <laughs> and then I found another place that was a bunk bed. You get a bunk bed. All right, this is like level two. This is where it's like, all right, there's enough space for everyone to live, but it's not as pro as level three. So there's bunk beds. Uh, it's, a, it's a house. Uh, it's like two refrigerators, a full kitchen. You know, there's like a, a living room. There's a kitchen table, uh, two restrooms, and there's like 20 people in the house. It's not super like crowded because I think there's enough room. I mean, there's just bunk beds. The room that I'm staying in is four people. There's other rooms with six people, but they're, like, big enough to fit six bunk beds. And um, and that's where I decided to go with. It was, like, 8.30 a month for a bunk bed. And, um, and it's in 8.30 a month because it's in Beverly Hills, a mile from work. 
And for me, one of the big, most important things you remember was, of course, proximity, right? Because we found out that for Caesar, the biggest thing is is not spending, wasting time, like, doing shit I don't want to do. One of the things I don't want to do is just fucking drive, right? Fuck that. So it's beautiful. I'm a mile from work. I can walk to work if I want. Or I drive two minutes, three minutes, four minutes maybe. (laughs) And this place is beautifully placed, right? From a mile away as well from Tent Planet Jiu-Jitsu, okay? I fucking love Joe Rogan. You know this. You fucking know this. We love Joe Rogan. This is one of Eddie Bravo's gyms. Eddie Bravo is Joe Rogan's best friend. We've always heard of Ten Planet Jiu Jitsu. We always love Ten Planet Jiu Jitsu. I've always wanted to do Ten Planet Jiu Jitsu because it's no gi. That means it's more realistic, you know? It's like it's not like with the, the big karate thing. And um and so it's beautifully placed right there. Uh, it's right in front of the the place that, uh, that I'm living at. It's in front of the Beverly Center. The location is unbeatable, right? And so I move into this place when I come out to L.A. I begin to realize this is fucking incredible because another thing about it is that it's month to month. It means I'm not stuck in, in a contract, okay? It's going to be... Um, there's, there's like an on-site manager, and uh, he cleans every week. Restrooms are always fully stocked, right? With like um, toilet paper and stuff. You don't have to worry about that. They're always the the toilets like always clean. He always cleans it. Dish soap is provided. They even provide laundry soap for you. Detergent, I mean. There you go. Um, and there's the washer and dryer that works perfectly. Like it's fucking great, you know. And the, and the thing is, okay, yes, I. It's because for people who, I don't know who are very close-minded would say, oh, this is horrible, you're living with 20 people, which, of course, you can, yeah, it's crazy, I'm living with 20 people, but I always said, and I think you could even go back to the other podcast, that I'm willing to live with 15, 20 people if I need to. Because what the fuck do I have to lose? If there's any time to do it, it's now, you know? And that's exactly what I'm doing. But it's incredible, especially for college students, because what the fuck do you have to lose, and why do you want a whole fucking room? You're paying so much money. And uh, and it sucks that college students are stuck in contracts for uh, housing where they have to pay three months that they don't uh, go to school, you know, especially if you're out of town and if you don't go to summer school. So like December and uh, the two months of uh, two or three months of, of summer school. So to me, that like I'm living here and I'm like seeing a huge business idea, like fucking co-living everywhere. I'm fucking I want to do it in every university around the country starting here at UT Austin this this could, this would blow up because I would have it no contract rent that you can't fucking beat but I would have it at level 3 of co-living remember I said there was three levels the third level is a super legit one is the one that's like the Asian style the pods where you have pods they're bunk beds basically but they're like tiny little rooms because they're like pods it's like your own little box that you sleep in. And I've even seen some online that are like, like they're they're way more legit than just bunk beds with walls. They're like uh, actual tiny rooms that you step into. They're like pods. <laughs> it's like imagine if, if a room, a regular room was divided into four spaces. 
Now you got two on the bottom and two on top because you're also using all the space that uh, that you have above you. You know, especially when you have high ceilings, people never think about all that space that you have to just put people there. Now, the, the thing, the key is not making it feel claustrophobic and making it feel seamless and as if it was meant for that. Because then you can offer incredible rates of rent. You can do away with contracts. You can fucking... You can really save people a lot of money, especially college students, you know, because some some college students have to work their ass off to fucking pay for rent, which is the second, like, biggest expense or maybe even the first behind their uh, tuition. So, yeah, that's that's one of the ideas I'm excited about. <clears throat> but, yeah, I'm out here in LA. <laughs> and every Friday... Here where I'm at. First of all, this room is fucking hot where I'm at. I'm in the snug room. So they call it the snug room. It's like a small room. It's got a little couch, some bean bags, and the door I can close. It's like the only room that I can go into, be alone in this co-working space. And then I put in use on the door. <laughs> Sorry, that was, uh, I'm chewing on, uh, what is this? Popcorn seeds. And, um, yeah, um, so I'm in this room recording. That's where I'm going to come record every once in a while. I had a lot of things to, but what else am I going to talk about here? Oh, I started Five Bullet Friday today. Five Bullet Friday is fun. I had a lot of fun doing that. <laughs> I spent a lot of time today doing that, actually. It was so much fucking fun. And that's when I realized, oh, fuck yeah, like, these projects on my own. This is what I'm talking about. Like not doing bullshit that I'm I'm bored or repetitive tasks that aren't for me. You know, just for a big company. Like this Five Bullet Friday. It's a small little project I started, inspired of course by Tim Ferriss. A complete copy, I admit it. But it's just an email. It's just a way for me to pass on tools that I found. And that's what I'm doing. Sorry, I'm gonna stop chewing on these. So I sent it out, and I talked about the the first thing that I talked about. What did I talk about? Uh, let's pull it up. Let's pull it up. Wait up. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Sorry, because I'm playing music as well. Gravity. Um... Okay, the first one was uh, five bullets, right? Fucking. The first bullet was an app that I'm addicted to, and it's the Waking Up app by Sam Harris, meditation app, and I also gave a tip on how to get that app for free because you have to pay for it. But there's a workaround. Um, so it was tip number one. Use the Waking Up app, and especially because it has lessons, which I love. The lesson on the last time. Fucking phenomenal lesson. That's what it's called, the last time. So I thought that was pretty cool. The second bullet was, so was songs that I've listened to that I've had on repeat, actually. And then I put on my mind the acoustic version by Georgia Smith. Uh, and then the uh, second song is Fast Car, recovered by Khalid. And the third song is Te Quiero by Maluma. 
So the third one is is the one that I use to go dance salsa. Speaking of salsa, it's before I go dance salsa. I have to get hyped. So I play that song. Maluma baby. That's how it goes. Oh, let's play right now. Let's play right now. I'll tell you how it goes. I'll tell you how it goes. I'll sing it. Te quiero Maluma. Let's see. That's how he starts off. <coughs> Maluma, baby. That's how it goes. Ooh. That's how it goes. All right, here we are. Para que darte una rosa. Para que darte mil besos. Para que darte tantas cosas. Si tú no valoras eso. That's how it goes. It's a salsa song and it starts. Dun, dun, dun. One, two, three, five, six, seven. One, two, three. Speaking of salsa, I fucking went salsa dancing the other day, right? And I go salsa dancing and, and, and fucking, I haven't danced in a while, so I'm a little bit nervous, especially because I'm going out on my own. And so f- at first I go and people are really good and I'm like, fuck yeah, this is the place to be at. It's called El Floridita. That's what the, the place that I went to is called. It's a small restaurant, Cuban restaurant that turns into a beautiful dance community dance like little little dance a hole in the wall if you will and um and i'm watching people dance and i'm like fuck i want to do this i'm ready caesar's ready to dance and uh but at the same time there's a part of me that's like oh fuck i don't know if we can do this so we go grab a drink at the bar mind you i already spent ten dollars getting into the fucking place so i'm like okay this better be fucking worth it i go to the bar and i order a mojito right Lesson, Caesar. Lesson. Always ask the price. Because I get my mojito. Looks phenomenal. I take it and I'm like, how much? And she says, 14. I'm like, oh, oh 14. All right, I'm $24 in the hole. That has to be, I have to dance at least 10 dances. I'm like, all right. I drink the mojito, by the way. Phenomenal mojito. Way better than a lot of the ones in, in fucking Cuba. Let me tell you that much. I'll be back just for the mojito. I take my mojito. I go to a corner. Not a corner, right? A corner. Kind of like, I don't like to go off into a corner because that's just creepy. All right? In a, in a fucking, like a place where people are dancing. I go in the middle of crowds. But I like leaning against the wall with one shoulder. Really cool. With the drink in one hand. Sipping every, every, every so often, all right? And I'm enjoying this mojito. And then it hits me because it was fucking, she, I don't know what she did. But first of all, it tasted great. But it was a little strong. And so I'm loose. I'm ready to go. And I go and I ask a girl to dance and we start flowing. And I'm right into it. I'm back. I'm back into it, baby. I'm dancing. I'm dancing and it's all fucking good. And it goes great. And then I dance again. And then I dance again. And then I think I danced one more time and that was it. Because what happened next was that I saw this guy who started dancing with this girl. And at first he was kind of like dancing normally. And then he stopped and he laughed and he fucking, he did that thing that that like assholes do <laughs> not assholes that you like where you kind of like you brush your shoulder as it uh you know that you brush your shoulders like like not a big deal or like here we go either shoulder you you grab your right hand and you brush your shoulder your left shoulder you're like and then you do your you grab your left hand and then you brush off your your right shoulder 
and then he starts dancing fucking crazy. When I mean when I say crazy, I mean fucking good. Right? And I'm like, what the fuck? Like it's some crazy shit. I'm like, oh, the the amount of the control this guy has, and the fucking the way the the flavor of of dance that he has is the way I want to dance. And so I tell him, also because I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little, you know, I'm feeling good. And I'm like, dude, you're fucking good. He's like, thank you, my friend. Thank you. And then he, and then the, these two girls who, I don't know why I could just tell they're fucking great dancers. When they walked in the door, I was like, okay, they're fucking, these girls are good. It's like the type of girl that, there's a type of girl that walks in to dance. All right. They've got a, a certain, they've got like a certain look. Like they know what they're here to do. This guy grabs one of those girls. And what, what then happened was one of the most amazing dances I've ever seen. This motherfucker was legit kicking in the air over her arm. It was fucking crazy. She was like having the time of her life. And she was a phenomenal dancer. She was like, what the fuck? She grabbed her friend who she came in with. And she, I could see her mouth it. Or I could see, I, I was reading her lips. She was like, you have to dance with this guy. And I'm like, fuck, this is going to be crazy. I stopped the guy and I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Like, do you have like a dance studio i can go to like i want to learn how to dance like you he's like oh my friend i just came from argentina i'm brand new here and i'm like whoa he's like but yes yes i'll, I'll give dance lessons and i'm like bro fucking yeah hit, give, give me fucking dance lessons he's like oh do you speak spanish and we start speaking spanish he's, and he tells me that's it he just told me he's from argentina but that he, he'd be down to teach and so anyways he grabs the girl the girl's friend and the fucking they have the most amazing dance ever. This guy had this move where he would spin her and he would just stop her like really hard. He would spin her really fast and then come make her come to a really abrupt stop but to the point where she was an inch from his face and he was staring right into his into her eyes. And she would like she would just like <laughs> she was like so surprised that she would just smile and laugh. <laughs> and at one point on one of the ones that one of the spins that he did he, he did that shit so fucking seductive. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this guy's going to fuck the shit out of this girl. <laughs> he, she, he fucking did it. And she stops like right in front of his face. And she like, she covers his mouth. I don't know. Because she didn't want to like kiss him or something. It was intense. I was like, Jesus Christ. Anyways, I left that night being like, fuck, I cannot stop dancing. Because I hadn't danced in a while. And the reason why was because I started doing a lot of jujitsu. And so, sorry. I said I wasn't going to chew him anymore. And so, yeah, I went dancing this weekend, this Wednesday again, but I realized that I'm losing it a little bit. I'm losing it a little bit. So I, I found a dance studio where they practice on Saturdays and Sundays. Perfect, because I only do jujitsu Monday through Friday. And today I had a call with the instructor. He fucking called me and he was like, How you doing, Caesar? Welcome to LA. And so I guess I'm going to start practicing with them. But fuck, man, it's going to be a good time. My life is going to consist of the gym, jujitsu, salsa, salsa dancing, meal prepping, work. And what I mean by work, I hate the word work, all right? More like value-adding tasks to my startup company. <laughs> and that's it. I fucking love it. I fucking love it, man. It's incredible. And um, we'll see, because everything is everything is gonna pass. This is all temporary. It always is, right? This too shall pass. That's what I keep telling myself. That's 
that's why I love that that lesson by Sam Harris the last time because you go go you go listen to it and it, and he talks about what I talked about in the podcast a while back ago which is that there's always a last time for everything and sometimes you won't even know and so I think back at the times when when I would uh, sleep in in my mom's room me and my older brother and my younger brother too but we would all sleep in my mom's room because my dad was away um as in he would work at night and i don't know why we would sleep there but we just did we'd sleep in my mom's room but we would sleep in a mattress an air mattress me and my older brother and there was one day that it was the last time that we did that but we i had no idea me and my older brother nobody had any idea that that was going to be the last time we would you know, we were all small, but it was like a little ritual where we just sleep in my mom's room with my mom. You know, such a cute little thing, but that, that was the last time for that. And I just say that as an example for all the last times in my life that I never, un- never even knew that they were the last time. I wonder how many people I've seen that I thought I was close to that that's the last time I'm going to ever see them. Isn't that fucking crazy? So what that makes me think about is that... I constantly remind myself that this is all this is all going to pass. None of this is permanent. Because when I think of that, I can savor each moment more. <clears throat> I can enjoy everything else way more. Mhm. Yep. So enjoying this moment. <laughs> I started doing uh Oh, I forgot I was reading the Five Bullet Friday, huh? All right, where were we? Yeah, the first two songs they were like really slow songs. The On My Mind, uh, the acoustic version by Georgia Smith, and then Fast Car, the cover by Khalid. But I listened to those at the gym, and I listened to them on repeat. <laughs> and I listened to those because, because they put me in a romantic state where I feel like I'm heartbroken. And then I dig deep. I go into that dark place, you know? in my mind and I dig deep and then I, I fucking I use that that heartbreak that heartbreak strength to lift I'm gonna do that in a few hours right now yeah it's gonna be a fun time and um, and I imagine myself you, you gotta imagine it like a movie where it's like the guy gets his heart broken so he starts but he starts rebuilding you know it's like when you when the the main character has that big uh, hill he has to overcome and it's like a some big failure or something that just you know ruins him but then he has to rebuild so that's what i think about it's like i'm rebuilding i'm rebuilding getting ready getting ready for the amazing life <clears throat> anyways the fourth one what was the fourth one no the third one was the third bullet friday third bullet on the five bullet friday list was favorite purchases this week and then i talked about the cup that i bought <laughs> for jujitsu and then the headgear that i bought so that i don't get cauliflower ear and then the uh, mouth guard and then uh the fourth one was hot sauces or that was that the fifth one? Oh no no, no the so the fourth one is meal supplements that i've been using to gain weight and so there's this this like method called the gomad method it's like you drink a gallon of milk a day introduced it was introduced to me by tim ferris um, and so I've just been using milk to like finish off the calories that I need for the day instead of like buying a uh, a mass gainer. 
and then da, 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 and then I list five. So I've been buying a lot of fucking hot sauces from Trader Joe's, and I list like seven of them because I bought almost all of them from Trader Joe's. The seven of them that were, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that I had tried, and I I I I put them in order from like the best to worst, and so the worst one was the sriracha one. The Trader Joe's sriracha is just fucking trash. I just remember I don't like it because it doesn't taste like sriracha. And then the first one is is the jalapeno hot sauce. It's like green and creamy. Oh my god, it's amazing. It tastes like a green enchilada. So that's what I sent to like uh, eighteen people. That's my current list. Email list. It's a fun time. Let's see what. Ah, and then one person did reply because at the end I asked them to like why I'm doing. I tell her that I'm tell us I'm. (laughs) I tell them I've been. I tell them I've been um that the reason I'm that I'm doing this is because I want to spread like the knowledge of like the things that I learn about the tools that I find and shit because like I'm always looking for new tools and I'm always finding new tools and but then I tell them I hope it helps them and then I tell them like hopefully they send me like their own five bullet Friday so that I can learn about their stuff and one of my friends did reply actually with a five bullet Friday (laughs) she's fucking awesome she's so awesome so I'm gonna read this right now uh, yeah, that's fucking awesome. And another friend replied saying she loved it. And she can't wait for the other one. 428 opens. What the fuck? That's crazy, dude. I think my message has been opened 428 times. How the fuck is that a thing? So I have this email tracker. <laughs> where I can see if people opened their emails. I don't know how the fuck they did that. 428 times. That's a lot of times. Anyway, what else can we talk about? We have about four, 14 minutes, nine minutes left. Let's see. Let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. A ver, a ver, a ver, a ver. ¿Qué pasa? A ver, ¿qué pasa? So yeah, I'm going to hop on here whenever I have problems, whenever I have fucking big things that happen to me. Oh, one big thing that did happen to me. I was supposed to go to fucking Abu Dhabi tomorrow. Can you believe that? A month in and I was going to go to Abu Dhabi to a world conference for the medical tourism industry. My boss was like, we're going to Abu Dhabi. And I was like, let's fucking do it. I sent her my passport and everything. And at the end, she was like, nah. Like, I don't think it's worth it for, like, a two-day conference. It's kind of expensive. And so she pulled out, but she's still going. But, I mean, I understand. I understand. I get it. Like, I... It's a smarter business. I, like... Maybe maybe it's not a smarter business choice because maybe I could have gone and then met someone with my charisma and fucking convinced them to join the company or or do a deal, right? But, no. But I, I get where she's coming from. Either way, I was almost on a flight to Abu Dhabi. Big things are happening. (laughs) And the only big thing that's happening is not that I'm going to Abu Dhabi. It's not that I'm going to some exotic country. It's not that I'm any better than I was. It's that I'm realizing that it's possible to live the life that I've always wanted to live. 
like before it's like before it was theory but now it's true it's weird it's fucking weird yeah dude it's like uh like i see that everything i i wanted a lot of the things i've wanted i'm currently doing and a lot of it has to do with the control i have over my time i realize that the amount of money that i'm living off of right now is insane two thousand dollars dude two thousand dollars a month what that's insane in la caesar and i'm making it work like a fucking charm like i have money left over that's how and and it's because i prioritize to what what's important to me to what's important to me right now is exercise so i pay for a gym but what else is important to me learning new skills jujitsu salsa um everything else not really important i don't really go out i don't really go out because i don't have to go out like my fun is when i go to jujitsu i talk to people there or i call people right and um And like the the meal prepping and everything, there's all these things that I do to save me money. But it's, but what I'm realizing, you know, in the beginning, I was uh, sometimes I would have days where I would think like, why am I even doing this? Like I could earn this amount of money on my own easily, which I can, right? I can earn all this money on my own easily. But what it's taught me is that that I can do it. There's no excuse for me to not do the thing that I want to do because I can make two thousand dollars on my own whenever, right? And so that's, that's like what I'm going to, like, fuck, dude. That's it, dude. <laughs> like, uh, I've got the opportunity to make dreams reality. Like, I'm never going back in the sense of, like, I, there's no excuse for me to not pursue my dreams. Because if I can live off of $2,000 a month, I can do this on my own for the fucking forever. Which, of course, I want to. Of course, there's going to be... There's a lot of advantages that I have. Like, I don't have family or any, any fucking commitments or anything. But I think that's precisely why. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I was brought out here. To realize this. That, like... Yes. Okay, I'm heading out. Give me a second. Cool, guys. Gotta go. So, we're going to be closing down. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll do this next week. Ba-da-ba.